Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello there on the podcast. We'll go to Brandon and talk to the morning news guy at CKLQ, Frank McGuire, about the Stanley Cup being in that city. The Prairie Fruit Growers will drop by for a visit to tell us about their new and improved website, pfga.com, and... I'll talk to Master Gardener Mick Manfield about square foot gardening. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. man in Brandon, Manitoba. Big tour. The Stanley Cup is making the rounds in Brandon. Joel Edmondson from the St. Louis Blues brought the trophy home. And Brandon is excited about it. Frank McGuire joins us now. Morning news, guys. CKLQ 880 out in Brandon. Good afternoon, Frank. Hell, good afternoon. Nice to be with you today. I just got to mention quickly, we're on FM now, too, with Q Country. There you go. You, Anybody's you, tuning in. You're, you <laughs> give me the time, man. I'll give you the plug. I'm fine with that. No problem at all. Um, so uh, I understand, first of all, I understand you are a big blues fan. So this is a big deal for you, too. This is a dream come true. I've been a fan since I was about eight, nine years old. Uh, so that's over 40 years now, Hal. And it's, uh, people say, oh, it's a dream come true. Really, I'm still living the dream. And every every little footage I see online with, you know, the guys uh, with the cup throughout Canada, like uh, they had it at the Riders game on the weekend. They were drinking mar- margaritas out of it with Tyler Bozak's family just the other day. I just, I just grin. I just ear-to-ear smile. And it's just, uh, it's been a long time coming, and I want them to celebrate as long as they possibly can through the summer. Drink every ounce of pleasure out of that cup and, and do it with pride because Blues fans have been waiting a long time. Yes. So tell us about the celebration with the cup in Brandon today. Give us some details. I understand people were there early lining up. Well, yeah, hell, Brandon is the only Manitoba stop, and even though Alexander Steen, whom I believe has dual citizenship in Canada and, and Sweden, he's elected to spend his day with the Cup in Sweden, so I don't know. That that may be another topic for another one of your shows further down the line, but here in Brandon, guess what? People have been lined up for hours waiting for a chance, just a chance to be seen with the Cup, get their autograph with Joel Edmondson, and of course a picture with the Cup. They've been lined up at the Manitoba room of the Keystone Center since 10 o'clock. There's probably over a thousand people there right now, and it's just uh, it's insanity right now as people are clamoring for uh, clamoring for a chance to be uh, photographed with Lord Stanley's chalice. So it's a, it's a cool day here in Brandon. It's a real good scene, and and uh, lots coming up. Hell, plenty of coming up. Yeah, tell us about that. So that just got underway about 20 minutes ago, right? Sort of the public thing started at one. Am I right about that? That's right. One o'clock. They're going to have uh, photos with Joel. They're going to have other events uh, in and outside of the Keystone Center. And these are this is like one of the barns that Joel would have played his formative years as a Triple A Brandon Midget Week King. So he earlier today he had uh, you know of course family time with the Cup. He had time with uh, former players and coaches, including uh, former Week King Brad Wells, who coached Joel when he was with the Triple A Midget Week Kings. So you know they had some uh, some. Uh, 
I guess they had a good hang with uh, former players and coaches. And now the public um, uh, deal is on until 5 o'clock, and it includes a barbecue as well. And really, I hope the weather holds. I heard you just mentioned a severe thunderstorm watch for all of southern Manitoba. All of this stuff is, uh, you know, some of the stuff's outdoors, but they might have to move it indoors. Yeah. How cool is that, eh? That, uh, you know, Joel is able to share this time, this moment in, in his career, the Cup, the Stanley Cup, with former coaches. And, you know, I can just almost, I'm not there, but I can imagine young boys and young girls wanting to touch the Cup. And one day they may be taking the cup back to Brandon again because they won the the Stanley Cup. I mean, it's just so cool. It is a cool thing, you know, to think that uh, you got to go a ways back to uh, find the last Brandonite to have his name engraved in the Stanley Cup. But you know what? Joel is living proof that anybody can do it, right? He, he played his formative years here. Of course, uh, getting drafted into the WHL and then uh, uh, subsequently the NHL. But uh, the real neat thing when you think about it is he's giving money back today, hell, to the big brothers and big sisters because he believes without that organization, there are young boys and girls that may not get that leg up to get involved in sports and have that chance that he did. So he's going to give some proceeds of today's events to that organization. Just a, a real nice touch there. Isn't that cool? Hey, any uh, any buzz as to what uh, you mentioned margaritas out of the cup in Saskatchewan? Any buzz as to what Joel might be uh, enjoying out of the cup later on privately? Anything at all on that? Or I do have some inside uh, info for you, Hal. Uh, I've been that you know people around the city know me as like a blues aficionado. Uh, music and the hockey team and I'm happy to report that there are several VIP uh, events happening after the public showing of the cup and the meet and greet with Joel. One of those is going to be at a restaurant I cannot uh, leak right now. It's embargoed but Joel's a huge fan of poutine and he wants to eat poutine out of the Stanley Cup. (laughs) Now it's his day. It's It's his show. He calls the shot. So I've been invited to the local restaurant that is going to facilitate that, and uh, there will be poutine eaten out of the Stanley Cup in Brandon, Manitoba today. Isn't that fantastic? I love it. Frank, snap a picture, share it on social media, include me, and I will share it with everybody, okay? I'll get on that as soon as I get the opportunity, and uh, yeah, we'll hashtag it, and uh, yeah. you'll have a, you'll be able to see what's happening here in B Town. It's a fun day. A lot of people are really excited. The crowds are still lighting up at the Keystone Center. It's amazing. Excellent, great day in Brandon with the Stanley Cup there, courtesy of Joel Edmondson. Frank, thanks a lot for doing this. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Hal. Cheers. Have a great afternoon, sir. Frank McGuire. He is the morning news guy at CKLQ out in Brandon, or as he just said, B Town. Well, I'll tell you, the uh, staff here at CJOB and at Peggy and Power, our other stations, enjoying some strawberries today from the Prairie Fruit Growers Association. Ken Luco is in studio. Angie Cormier is in studio. Good afternoon, guys. Hi. Hi, nice to see you. Nice to see you, Al. Yeah. Thank you. Um, And by the way, thank you for the strawberries. Wow, we're loving these. Uh, These are from your farm, Angie, right? Cormier's uh, Berry Patch? Yes. Tell us about it. Where's it at? How many acres? We have 15 acres of strawberries. We are just uh, south of Winnipeg, east of LaSalle. Cool. Great. Yeah. And Ken, you're, uh, you've are you been at this 15 years, Angie, you were yes. telling me. Ken, yes. you're, you're less five years. Five years, yeah. We decided to, to, we love growing things. So yeah. 
always wanted to grow strawberries, so we thought we'd give it a try. And uh, we have a couple of acres. We're uh, about 45 minutes east of Winnipeg. Okay. And uh, it's something we've really grown to love to do. Yeah. Monumento, Monumento uh, Berry yeah. Farm. Yeah. So that's great. And uh, the place where you go to kind of find out where all the farms are and everybody involved is Prairie Fruit Growers Association, but the website is pfga.com, pfga.com. And I know you've got kind of an updated website and there's lots of information there, right, Angie? Yes, yes. So this year we updated our website with an interactive map of all the farms in Manitoba that are members of our association, if you are looking for strawberries, Saskatoons, raspberries, sour cherries, go to the website, go to the map. You can select what you're looking for. You pick berries, pre-picked berries, and the farms will show up of what you're looking for. PFGA.com, PFGA.com. And Ken, you and I were just saying off air, I mean, it's a great way for the whole family to get out there and enjoy an afternoon or a, or a whole day even. Yeah, certainly. We have grandparents bringing out their grandchildren. We have uh, people who actually meet once a year in the in the patch and, yeah. and, and make it a day, sort of a day of it. Right. And uh, and we see people that we haven't seen for 20, 30 years now wow. are coming to the strawberry patch. So yeah. it's kind of a social thing. It's mm-hmm. uh it's a really yeah. neat thing to see. Yeah, and you both grow strawberries <coughs> exclusively, right? Yeah. But you mentioned a bunch of other berries. Talk a little bit about that, Angie. The other uh, Saskatoons is is one you mentioned. Sour uh, cherries. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- tell me about that. Yeah, so we've got a few growers that have uh, orchards of sour cherries. There's um, you can find them on the website. We've yeah. got a bunch of growers that have Saskatoons. Those are just starting to get ready in the next week or so. Sour cherries are a little bit later than that. And then raspberries. Uh, we've also got a few growers that have started growing Hascap or honeyberries. Mm. They're kind of one of the newer yeah. new, newer super fruits. Very so, cool. And what other, uh, because it's the Prairie Fruit Growers Association, so what other, is it all berries basically on the prairies or is there other fruit as well? Mostly here in Manitoba is your is the berries. berries There's yeah. a few growers that have apples, but it's mostly berries. Hmm. And Ken, I, I got to ask you, uh, these berries, these are from Angie's farm, uh, Cormier's, but they're a pretty good size. Like, uh, so how how do we have berries, uh, strawberries like that? Beautiful big strawberries, and we're just barely into July. Well, we're just the season's a little bit later than you know. It varies because we're working with Mother Nature. You sure, know, we don't know what kind of spring we're going to get or yeah. summer. So they're about a week later than 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 previously. But that's not unusual. And the berries are coming out, as you can see, are, are just nice size and beautiful. Yeah. And the hot weather is just great for them. They like that, eh? Yeah, very much so. And we're just hoping that we get, they're talking about rain, so it'd be nice if we could get a couple of nice rain showers as well, you know, this week. Looks like we're going to get some rain over yeah. the next day or two. Yeah, and that'll yeah. fill them up, will it? Yeah, and then yeah. the berries are about 90% water, so they need the moisture to fill out and grow that to that size. Yeah. So you've been at this five years now, Ken. You like to grow things, and you thought, hey, let's give this a try. Tell me about some of the challenges. What have, what have some of the uh, – <laughs> have we got time? <laughs> well, I think I know less now than when I started, actually. <laughs> but uh, my wife and I have, um, like doing it. Uh, challenges are, are, you know, the weather. You're always working with the weather, whether it's frost or, or rain or dry or mm. – and then the weeds, you know, like dandelions. So we fertilize, so we get gigantic dandelions. That the only way to remove them is by hand. So it's wow. hands and knees in the fields. 
Isn't that something, eh? But it, you know, we love to see things, watch things grow. Sure. And it's fun to have the people come out. And, yeah. And, and another thing, people think it, it, the work stops um, after the berries are picked. That's not true. There's lots of work to do afterwards. Yeah. Till freeze-ups. Yeah. And and Angie, you don't have to go into specifics, but I mean, is there there's a living here? You do it because you love it, but you're you're doing it as a business. So mm-hmm. is it is it a lucrative business, or can it be? Absolutely, it's for us. It's a second income, and it's uh, yes, you can absolutely make a go of it. We love, yeah, same as Ken. We love doing it. We love yeah. being outside, and it's something great for our kids to get involved into. Yeah. Yeah, and you're always looking for new members, people that say, hey, we want to give this a try. I mean, that's another reason they might want mm-hmm. to go to the website, pfga.com. Well, yes. I can speak to that because we're relatively new, but yeah. uh, um, I can tell you from experience that it really helped us to be part of the organization. So even if somebody isn't growing them yet and they're thinking about growing them, say, get next involved, year, yeah. get in there and get the information. You know, there's the seminars, newsletters. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the networking that you do with the other growers. Yeah. So it's a huge benefit because there's so much to learn about strawberries. It's not a easy thing to grow. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's not just strawberries. It's anything you know. If you want to yeah. start an orchard or anything else, mm-hmm. there's yeah, there. It's a huge learning curve, and it's not one of those things that you just jump into if you don't know. Yeah. What's going on? Right. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate you coming in. Very nice of you to bring in some strawberries for everybody here. That made the day for everybody here. So thank you for that. Angie, Ken, good to see you again. Thank you. Stay in touch. Prairie Fruit Growers Association, the website again for all the info. You can find the farms and what they're growing and get involved if you want to. PFGA.com. PFGA.com. Angie Cormier and Ken Luco here. Uh, Ken is with uh, Monumento Berry Farm, and Angie has Cormier's. Uh, Barry Patch, and you're also one of the executive directors of the uh, Prairie Fruit Growers Association. Thanks, guys, for coming in. Really appreciate it. Well, I have been looking forward to talking with this man for several weeks now, and I finally got my uh, garden going, my planters going. I started hearing about this Mick Manfield guy, master gardener. He's an expert and instructor on square foot gardening, and here he is in studio. Mick, it is nice to meet you. Uh, thanks, Hal. And, uh, you know, we have a saying, an expert is uh, X as a has-been and spurts a drip under pressure. So I don't know what you've just called me there. So, uh, so uh, a good way to start. All right. But you are a master gardener. I am the master gardener. Yeah, and, I'm one uh, of many. And yeah. you are uh, an instructor of yep. square foot gardening. Yep. So I started hearing about square foot gardening and hearing your name when I was talking about my planters. And so, first of all, explain what square foot gardening is. Okay, so so most gardeners, uh, vegetable gardeners, will grow things in rows. Uh, so they're row gardeners. We call them rowies. And um, th- it follows agricultural practices. So there, there's rows so you can get machinery down and, and so that you can weed. And a guy called Mel Bartholomew in the States was a lean process engineer, and, and he said there's a better way of doing this. Uh, we don't need paths or rows. We should grow things in a square, in a grid. And so... Um, what he decided was if we grow things in one-foot squares and we plant things according to the instructions on the seed packet, then we can grow more in less space. Uh, and it's really interesting because men don't follow instructions, so they find it really hard to do this because uh, <laughs> you've got to read the instructions on the back of the packet of seeds. But So, for instance, in one square foot, you can grow 16 carrots or 16 parsnips, and that would take up more room in a row. So that's basically it. And then the second reason that he did it was uh, he found out that people gave up gardening uh, after a year for, uh, because of weeding. 
and if you've been a farmer or, or grew up on a farm, you either weeded or you pick rocks. So that was what you did. Right, yeah. So, so he said, well, if we can stop people weeding, we can get those 80% of people to carry on gardening. So in a square foot gardening method, you make your own soil mixture so there's no weeds in it. And so you're, you provide a really nutritious soil mixture, you plant the plants according to the spacing that they should have, and then the plants will grow and then you get your harvest. So there's no waste. So you can grow more. Yeah, in less space. There's less weed in, in less space. There's less or no weeding involved. Yep. And are the vegetables that you grow bigger? Do they like square foot gardening in that sense? Is the yield bigger too? Yeah, the yield can be bigger. Um, most most of the time we grow in, in raised beds that are only six inches deep. So if, if you increase the depth of the bed and, and the plants get more nutrition out of the soil mixture, so there's more compost added, then the plants will get bigger. Mm. So um, the, the other thing you can do with it is succession planting. So typically in a row garden, you plant all your plants at the same time. So in a square foot garden, you can plant a square and then wait a week and then plant another square and then wait a week and plant another square. So you sort of get the harvest over a period of time. Because what happens is in September, if you're a row gardener, it sucks because what do you do with all that produce? Yeah. And and I'll tell you a funny story. I actually had a, in the end of September, I had a load of zucchini left over and I put them in the back of my truck and I live just off Main Street in, in Lockport and I put a sign on the back of my truck, free zucchini. And uh, when I come out in the afternoon, people were throwing the zucchini in, not taking them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, right. Everybody's got zucchini. Everybody's got right? zucchini. Yeah. So, That's uh, funny. Yeah, it, it really was. So yeah. yeah, it's it's a it's it's a more intensive way of gardening. You, you get more uh, in the space that, than you would in a row garden. But it really does make sense as you explain yeah. it, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it really you go, yeah, of course, like right. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, and, and we often find that, um, uh, you know, with children, there's a pattern. When you, when you grow something in a pattern, so if, if there's four rows of four carrots in a, in a one-foot square, if, if there's something in that square that doesn't look like a carrot, then obviously it's a weed. Mm. And so the kids will pull it out. Or, you know, I volunteer with people with a, an intellectual disability. So they'll look at three rows of three, and, and if there's another two plants in there and they don't look the same, then they're weeds and they pull them out. So it's very visual method of, mm. of, of gardening. So um, any ability, uh, mental or physical ability, can garden this way. And, and good for seniors, you know, we can raise the beds up. And, that's, uh, that's what I did because exactly. I got a bad back and a yep. new hip. And, yeah, so I did that. Yep. Yeah, so raise the beds up, uh, make them at a comfortable height. Uh, we built a garden at Imaginability that's uh, completely wheelchair accessible. So it's got four-foot paths and, and uh, beds are two feet off the ground. So people in a wheelchair can actually garden. And... Um, a sad story. I mean, the first time I wanted to do this four years ago and, and I got approval to to put the raised bed in. And one of the ladies in a wheelchair said she'd never touched soil. And, and that was heartbreaking to me. Yeah. yeah very, very heartbreaking. You know, mm. we, we should we should be able to get our hands in soil and work the soil. So yeah. it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So if somebody has an interest in this, uh, like, are you a gun for hire? You will come and teach or, or like, uh, how does this work? <laughs> yeah, right. So um, uh, most of the garden clubs know me. So I will go in and do presentations for garden clubs uh, yeah. if, if they call me. And um, the library circuit in Winnipeg, uh, Harriet Maniuk, who, who runs the library speakers, she's a fantastic lady, she'll book me to come in in the spring and I'll do three or four sessions at different libraries, and yep. they're normally a one-hour session, and uh, and normally they're free. 
And so, yeah, I mean, it's late in the late in the season now to start right. teaching, but yeah. but next next spring for next year, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you belong to a garden club, then yeah, for sure, I'll come in, and uh, just keep an eye out on the on the library newsletters and and mm-hmm. see when those uh, see when those courses are coming up. Yeah, yeah, and I've probably taught about eighty courses now. Mm. So wow. um, yeah. A and, lot of people. And your garden is on a, a garden and art tour. Tell me about this. Okay, so Red River North Tourism run a, an annual art and, art and garden tour. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they select nine gardens uh, up in the Red River North Tourism area. So that's um, St. Andrews, Selkirk, St. Clements. And they pick nine gardens and uh, they put some artists in the garden and sometimes there's some music. And then on uh, Sunday, July the, 29th, uh, July the 21st um, is this year's garden tour. And... Um, my garden is on the garden tour this year, so which is going to be really cool. Uh, the guy that's in my garden actually does glass decorations, so he works with glass. So I'm really interested to see what he's going to do. Very cool. So you get you get to yeah. check out Mick's garden, and you get to see the glass guy. Yeah, and also Kelly Lease from Prairie Originals is coming in. She's going to be selling uh, native prairie uh, perennials out of um, out of my garage, actually, which is great. So I've had to tidy the garage, so that's really cool. <laughs> that got you moving yeah, yeah. on that, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, so um, um, the, there's, there's tickets available from uh, redrivernorthtourism.com. Yeah. Or, um, yeah, so if you go there, you, you can find out where to get them or you can order them online. And, yeah, so uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, sounds frantic, very cool. Frantically getting the garden ready now for... For, uh, for the visit and hopefully getting some rain this afternoon and tomorrow or Well, Wednesday. I'm going to ask you about the rain in a second, <laughs> so, but just let me get this garden and art tour. It's happening Sunday, July 21st from 10 to 4. It's uh, And the website's easy, redrivernorthtourism.com, redrivernorthtourism.com. If you missed that and you want it, uh, just text me, 204-780-6868, or email me, hal at cjob.com, and I'll send that off to you. And Mick has arranged for a couple of tickets for somebody. Yep. So if you'd like those, uh, call right now, 204-780-6868, two tickets, Garden and Art Tour, Sunday, July 21st, and we'll take somebody off air and make sure that they, uh, they get... Uh, Kyle, you get... Pick a winner, Kyle, and just put them on hold, and I will chat with them and explain how they can uh, get signed up for those uh, for those tickets. So that sounds very cool, and this way they get to come and see your garden, right? Yeah, they get to see my garden and, and lots of other interesting gardens. And I believe the last the last stop is um, the St Andrews Rectory, which is I'm a volunteer gardener there. And St. Andrew's Rectory is a wonderful building, and I think there's some door prizes there, and they hand in their passport oh, things. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a fun day. Excellent. Yeah, so the rain, we're, we're seeing, it looks like we could see severe weather, but we're going to hopefully get some rain out of this as well. And we need it. The first half of this year, the driest ever. What has that meant for, for gardening and gardeners? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm lucky I have a well, so I can water my garden. But for a lot of people, you know, that pay for their water, it's been a struggle. So, so we're recommending that you water deeply, very, very deeply. So water for a long time, very deeply, and then apply a layer of mulch. Um, mulch can be anything from straw to grass clippings to leaves to try and conserve that moisture in the soil. Because what happens after watering, it evaporates very quickly. Um, if you put mulch down, it keeps the, the water in the soil and hopefully near the roots of the plants. So water deeply. Uh, that's my first suggestion if you're not mulching. And then if you can, mulch your plants. Like I use a ton of mulch in my garden to actually uh, keep the water into the ground. Yeah, really yeah. good advice. Yeah. Excellent advice. Thank you. What grows really well in Winnipeg and, and southern Manitoba? What are, what are if, if, if you're in, and it's late in the year now for, to, to be starting stuff, but for next year, what are some good things that, what, what grows really well here? 
Well, the the brassicas do like the cabbages and the cauliflowers and, and the and the broccoli grow well, but but we're surrounded by canola, and canola contains flea beetles, and so most we call them brassicas. Most brassicas des- get decimated by flea beetles. So I prefer to grow a lot of root vegetables, so carrots, parsnips, potatoes, beetroots, radish, stuff like this. I also love peas. I, I, I grow a, it's called a Champion of England Woodbridge pea. This is the longest name ever. But I grow peas in succession. So um, every week for seven weeks, I, I plant peas. And um, most of the time, they don't make it to the freezer. They just make it while I'm walking around the garden. I snack on peas. And beans grow really well. I've never had a problem, problem with beans growing here in Manitoba. But I always get a good crop of beans. Huh. And then, you know, the zucchinis and the squashes do well. It's, it's tough at the moment because it's going to get humid and it sets them up for some viral infections. But um, there's some things you can do around that. You can take some of the leaves off to improve the air circulation. You know, and we joke about zucchini, but it's, it's a really versatile vegetable. Yep, you know, in, in England, if I said to somebody, we were going to make a cake out of a courgette, which is what it's called in England, yeah. they'd say, what? You what? You're going to make a cake? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're nuts. What's, <laughs> what's going on? But, uh, you know, chocolate zucchini cake, one of the best cakes going, I think. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah. 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 And here we are looking at this beautiful basket full of strawberries from oh. Cormier's Berry Patch. The uh, prairie fruit growers were in here. Uh, if you wanted to grow fruit in mm-hmm. Winnipeg, in Manitoba, what's a good fruit to grow? Strawberries yeah. seem to grow well. Yeah, eh? strawberries and, and some of the some of the things like Saskatoons and Haskaps. Haskaps or, or honeyberries, sometimes they're called honeyberries. Yep. Um, there's some problems at the moment with, with raspberries since there's some, some fly problems with raspberries. And so there's insects and pest damage with raspberries. And, um, you know, we grow hardy apples and pears here. We can grow them, really, and and we can get dwarf stock. So a dwarf stock tree is only going to go to about six feet high. So if you've got a small yard, you don't have to buy a full-size tree. You can buy a dwarf stock tree and make sure that when you buy it, it says dwarf stock on yeah. it. And then uh, you, can, you can have apples and pears and plums in your garden, no problem, um, even in a small garden. Yeah. You know, it's a, nice, it's a nice focal point for a garden yeah. to have a tree. And... Um, you know, there's, there's lots of... I'd love it if we were to plant fruit trees all the way around Winnipeg, but then we have the problem of wasps and, and all the other stuff. Right. But, you know, the Forks now has got an orchard. You know, there's a community orchard now in the Forks. Mm. And, and, you know, lots of lots of places where we can do this. So, Excellent. Yeah. Mick, really nice to meet you. Thanks. We'll Thank do this you. again because we could sit here and talk all afternoon and we could open the phones and people would have Absolutely. questions. So we'll do that. But I wanted to have you in and, and find out about square foot gardening. So thanks for doing this. Very welcome. Really appreciate it. Mick Manfield, he's a master gardener. He knows everything, well, just about everything, <laughs> about square foot gardening. You might want to try that next year. Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.